1: This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am David Walker. You can call me DW. And uh, we're doing it a little bit loose and easy today. Gina Thomas is back with me for the first time in a little while. Gina, thanks for being back on the podcast.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast that I am allegedly the co-host of. You
1: are the co-host. Oh my God. That AJC article came out and it didn't list you and then I got really pissy about it. Yeah, and, I
2: wasn't. I wasn't referring to that. I was actually oh. referring to me not like physically doing the podcast for several weeks. I was. Yeah, it was not. It was not a reference to that. It was a reference to me not having the emotional energy for podcasting.
1: Yes, uh, but you are absolutely still a co-host. You still have your nicknames, even though I don't have the emotional energy to rattle them off.
2: That's okay. Um, I, I think nicknames can take a hiatus during a pandemic. <laughs> 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 Except for the mad online one because I certainly am.
1: That is a hundred percent true. Um, joining us today is uh, someone we've had on the show before. Uh, he is one of our favorite guests, and we are glad to have him back just to talk about the world at large, um, the Falcons. We've got a lot of like interesting rumors about the Falcons. Want to get his take as a fan, someone that watches this team? Uh, maybe that uh, you know just talk a little bit about the draft and hopes and dreams for a twenty twenty NFL season, as long as it happens. Uh, we are talking about. Uh, One of the stars of Stranger Things, Uh, he has been in multiple movies and TV shows you guys uh, have probably seen, and uh, he is an Atlanta Falcons fan through and through. We were talking about none other than Randy Havens. Randy, thank you for joining us, man.
0: Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be back, uh, you know, on this preview of the Falcons' Super Bowl winning season, 2020-2021. It's our year.
1: I love it. (laughs) And that officially cements the fact that the 2020 season won't happen. Now that Randy has said that. Oh. (laughs) So Randy, how are you doing? What's going on on, in your world with um, this lockdown with, uh, you you know, your acting? Are you basically locked in your your room uh, 24 hours a day at this point?
0: Oh yeah. 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 It's, there's, there's, there's no acting to be done. I, I did get an audition the other day. They were like, um, don't leave your house to to film this audition. I was like, yeah, wasn't gonna. Thanks. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but uh, I guess I'm just going to like FaceTime a friend and have them like read the other lines and then just like record myself doing that. Cause I don't, I don't know what else to do, but I'm also like, y'all very, uh, forward thinking of you to to think you know when we're going to be able to start filming stuff again. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> like, um, unless unless there's a green screen doctor's mask on my face, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going. And I can just clutch cargo the fucking lip flap afterwards.
1: That that sounds like a lot of CGI work that's going to have to go in after the fact.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like they could just you know record my mouth. <laughs> at a different location and we can just do a little compositing. It's not, that's not that I can, I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> that pay me a little extra, but I'll, I'll, I'll composite that stuff in for them.
1: I used final cut once. I know how
0: this works. Yeah. 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 Of course. I, it's, it's, I, you should see me on an iMovie. <laughs> <laughs> Look out.
1: Gina recently did an iMovie as a matter of fact.
2: I did. Right? I got very angry that um, a guy tried to scam us over a mini bulldog puppy. And I taught myself how to use iMovie because what good is a quarantine if you're not using it to learn new skills? And I wanted to talk shit about the scammer. So I taught myself how to edit videos in iMovie just for that. So if you need help, let me know.
0: Nailed <laughs> know it. Love it. Great. Yeah. If I have any scammers that need exposing, you're, you're going to make the documentary. <laughs> yes, <absolutely. laughs>
1: Uh, I, I've learned when it comes to Gina, that the last thing you want to do is uh, scam her. And uh, if you do it with dogs, you are doubling the consequences at that point.
2: Yeah. So. It didn't go well for them or for anybody. So No.
1: Yeah. They did resort to, uh, um, what was it? Like uh, voodoo threats, right? At, at
2: yes. we made voodoo threats against our friend, Brian Beaversloose, who writes for our sister site, Cat Scratch Reader, covering the Panthers. And, um, Brian was just straight up trolling them. But yeah, it ended with Brian telling this guy that he shouldn't have tried to scam his friends and that we didn't deserve that. And the guy said that he was going to use black magic and kill Brian. <laughs> so it, did, it was really a whole wild ride. Um, and honestly, the most entertaining thing that's happened to me during quarantine, it was actually something that wasn't just sitting on my couch, you know, rewatching stuff that I've already watched before. So
0: Seriously, I want a demon to come and like haunt me during <laughs> quarantine. Cause it's like, well, can, can I get like some ghosts? Yeah. Can I get something cool?
2: It would give us something to do. And yeah,
0: exactly. To- it's like, fuck, you think I'm mad about this? No, a ghost, let's chill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, you know, that things have gone sideways when you're welcoming like demonic spirits into your home. You're like, I'm so bored. I would welcome like demon possession at this point.
2: You know, I don't think that there's any evidence that demons carry coronavirus.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know how you would quantify that. We don't have the data. We don't
2: know, have the data. Dr. Fauci Fal- would
1: say we don't have the data on that yet. Okay. So,
2: yes. So, and I all, always listen to Dr. Fauci. That is my best recommendation for everybody all the time.
1: I, you know what? I'm a fan of listening to failed reality TV stars for my medical advice personally.: So, um,
2: How much aquarium cleaner have you ingested, David?:
1: Only like 15 ounces. <laughs> it does wonders for the stomach. So
2: Super.
1: Um, Boy, that went sideways. Sorry) about that. <laughs> We should talk a little bit of Falcons, because I feel like yeah. um, our listeners at this point are, are going to start tweeting at me and saying what the hell happened, David. Yeah, uh, And obviously Thursday we finally are going to get some real NFL content mm-hmm. for what feels like um, 13 years. We're going to have the NFL draft and it's going to be weird and different because it's going to happen remote. Like everything is these days and they're still going to go through with it. Uh, this is going to be a once, hopefully <laughs> a once in a lifetime uh, version of this NFL draft, and as usual, the Falcons have picked this draft to make as much noise in the media as possible. Randy, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the falcoholic.com I know it's one of your favorite websites, undoubtedly. Yeah,
0: it's every day, and uh, there are no lie. T- I really do better than falcoholic every day. Absolutely, um,
1: there are a ton of rumors that the Falcons at this point are going to trade up, and the latest rumor which happened today from Chris Mortensen was the Falcons may be aggressive and move into the top five from 16 into the top five. As a Falcons fan, obviously that would be a ton of draft capital. I mean, we're talking second round pick, maybe a third round pick, some picks next year. How does that make you feel like if, if it were to go after a player like Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, you know, two of the best players in this draft class, would you be willing to give up that draft haul for that kind of move? Like
0: no perception of that. No, we have too many holes, uh, okay. right now. Honestly. I mean, like, um, uh, just looking at like weak side linebacker, I'm like, like that's, we don't have anybody. Like I think who we have starting is like an XFL guy who like was the seventh round pick to begin with in the NFL. So yeah. Yeah. For your No, 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 not, not for you. This is a new guy. Um, oh oh that's right that's right um but yeah i i uh uh yeah who is who is it um it is um edmund robinson yeah
2: (laughs) i was just going to thefalcoholic.com to look this up um because yeah i agree with you randy and i say that With this caveat, if they do trade up, like, a boatload of picks and they move up to get, like, Chase or Okuda, I will be delighted. Because go (laughs) box. But in any other situation, I think that if you're looking at trading up that much and knowing what that's going to cost, I think you have to be realistic about the fact that the Falcons are not one piece away from success. he right. like was saying, I think that we have too many holes on the roster. I think that that's irresponsible. It's been a different off season anyway, because of everything going on. And so the fact that they're already kind of behind the eight ball with not being able to meet with players as much as they would like and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I just think that this is not the year to be going all in on one guy in the first round.
1: Yeah. I'm torn because Just the idea of getting Chase Young, who could be a generational prospect as a pass rusher. Like, if you get uh, the next Julius Peppers, like, he's a guy that could be a, a wrecker on defense for 10, 15 years, you know, a guy that you anchor into the defense. But, you know, I think back to the Julio Jones trade, and, you know, that was a massive move. They gave up a ton of picks. And obviously, Julio has been an amazing player, but you could also make the argument that 2013 through 2015, that roster was decimated because mm-hmm. they gave up so many picks in that time frame.
2: I they, will say though, I do just want to interject quickly and say, yes, you're correct. But then also the picks they had, they did shit like spend them on Peter Kahn's. And yeah. so I think that you have to like, there has to be some balance between understanding that, yes, giving up all those picks to get a generational talent at receiver did make things, roster building more difficult in the years immediately subsequent. But it also, if you're too stupid to draft well, then that's not, you know, that's that's probably a much meaner way to say it than I need to. But I, I don't think that, I mean, we we are very familiar with Dimitrov's tendencies at this point, and I think that we know that he is going to pick people that, us off I mean it's a it's a proud Falcons tradition at this point
0: yeah uh, I'm looking forward to that first round wide receiver (laughs) oh man (laughs) oh okay guys great we got wide receivers set uh yeah I think I honestly I think the problem with with trading up at this point is you could do it in what 2011 with Julio Mm -hmm. because you knew that like that the good things you had happening on, on offense, were going to continue. Mm-hmm. We're not at that point anymore. Mm-mm. Yeah. Julio, Matt Ryan, like these are guys that don't have that many years left in the NFL yeah. and to go like, okay, well, we're willing to forego the next draft, the next two drafts mm-hmm. um, in order to get one player. Um, then you're looking at like a, this year's lost. Like, um, we don't have enough talent on defense uh, to be able to stop anyone. I don't care how good our offense is. Um, and one more player on defense isn't going to like make that much of a difference. We need um, uh, an edge rusher, cornerback, and we need to uh, steady up that that linebacker core. Like, get mm-hmm. get it, get at least some depth in there. Um, yeah. And I, I just don't see how one player is going to fill enough need at one position to make up for the other positions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you nailed it. I think you could, you could list obviously corner, um, uh, definitely linebacker, maybe two linebackers. Cause you know, it depends on how you feel about foyer. I, I like foyer, but I don't know if he is a top tier talent at linebacker, um, defensive tackle. I think we could still use another edge rusher unless you're completely sold on tack McKinley turning the corner in his fourth year. Um, And then you go to offense. Offense looks good, but you there's still a a question mark at left guard. Um, There's a
2: question mark at running back because Todd Gurley hasn't even have his physical. Like I, in theory, love the Gurley signing so much, but until we have a an accurate idea of his health status, I'm going to be apprehensive about it.
1: Yeah, and that's five or six positions, and the Falcons have six picks. Um. And to trade up into the top five, they would probably have to, to trade away, like I said, both day two picks. Um, they would probably land uh, with one less pick in, in 2021. So, uh,
2: But it would probably be a high round pick. I would mm-hmm. say first or second is what it's going to take to move up that high and probably a first.
1: Yeah. Um, unless, unless some team in the top five just is like so desperate that they – give us a cheap deal, which I don't think is going to happen, but
2: I don't know. Dan Snyder is kind of dumb. We might. Be in-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's take, if only Houston was in the top five, right. Um, that there
2: probably will be next year. Maybe we can trade up with <laughs> next year after all these moves that they've made.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, what Houston has done has been remarkable in all the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we agree that, trading into the top five is probably not the right move, but what do you think about the trade up like four or five spots? Like if it costs you maybe your third rounder to go get your guy, like if it, let's say they move up to where the jets are at and they move up, you know, four or five spots, they give up a third rounder and they get a corner like a CJ Henderson and they keep most of their picks. Is that a move that you would be on board with Gina? Do you think that that's a, a move that you could mentally reconcile?
2: If it's filling a position of need with a guy who's going to have a short learning curve, which is going to be really important this year because of the different offseason situation, it's always a big learning curve for rookies and the speed of the game is a big adjustment. Not being able to get any of this experience in person um, between the draft and whenever all of this is cleared up and they can actually practice with the team, you know you've got to get a guy. it, it all everything is so different this year. like it really does all depend on. Is it a guy who fills a position of need? Is this a guy who has the right skill set and the right attributes to fit in the scheme? And is this a guy who's going to have a short learning curve and who's going to be able to you know really do the work on his own this off season to be prepared yeah. to play in the NFL whenever it resumes, which is a lot to ask of a rookie like it's, yeah, I don't I, <laughs> if you can answer all those questions, yes, then I guess yeah, I'd be on board with it. but um. I don't know. It just, it's such a tricky year and it's going to be really, I think a a big challenge for teams and especially for rookies coming in. the adjustment period is going to be so much more difficult.
1: What do you think, Randy, if the Falcons moved up four or five spots instead of into the top five, um, do you think that's a little bit easier to stomach or are you sort of firm on them staying at 16? Uh,
0: No, I don't think we need to stay at 16 because like, because once you obviously get out of that top five slot, like, you know you are swapping picks, so it's like, okay, well, like you know if we go up and get like a an eight a number eight pick mm-hmm. um we don't have to give up that much more for for moving them down eight mm-hmm. spots on the on the on the draft, so like being at sixteen is a pretty good spot to like have a little bit of play as far as that's concerned um if there's really a player that you think is gonna go early that you need um uh, obviously, I like we're we're not going to get young. Um, uh, we're not going to get Okuda. Like those, are, those would be great players to get, but I don't think that we're going to have enough to trade and also keep enough spots to to go up and get those guys. But um, yeah, if you look at Simmons, like we might be able to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, CJ Henderson, like um, those are those are players that I'm okay losing a late round pick to pick out. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to lose a second rounder though. That's, that's a, like, that's going to kill it for me because like, you know, as it stands right now, we have three, three picks in the top 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good position to be in. Honestly. Um, uh, I wouldn't want to give any of that up, but I, you know, like assuming you could give up that, um, I guess, what is it? The third rounder? Third round. Yeah. Third round. Um, came up the third round to to move up a couple spots. I, I'd be willing to do that, but like um uh you gotta hope for some good somebody really good in the second round to 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 make up for um whatever position you didn't get in the first round. Cause I'm because I'm 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 looking at you corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they've got that they, and
1: it, it's interesting Dan Quinn said today that he thinks Kendall Sheffield, um, who they drafted last year, I think in the fourth round.
2: Out of the Ohio State <laughs> University. There yes. it is.
1: Um, Dan Quinn said he thinks this guy could be a starter on the outside. Now, he didn't necessarily say this year, but um, I think we all saw last year that he's a very talented, very uh, athletic corner. Um, Isaiah Oliver will be in his third year. Hopefully, we'll show you know, more progress um, but obviously when they moved on from true Font, clearly for cap reasons, uh, they either are banking on those two guys being starters immediately, or they are banking on drafting a guy to replace true Font.
0: Mm-hmm. And a
1: lot of people now are linking the Falcons to CJ Henderson. Some people are saying they're going to trade up to get CJ Henderson. Um, I will say when it comes to the, the, the moving up for the Falcons, it, it seems like they haven't necessarily been, um, predictable in that regard. Uh, Randy, you mentioned it earlier about drafting a wide receiver. I think everyone was caught off guard when the Falcons drafted Calvin Ridley a couple of years ago. Um, you know, when we moved up to get Julio, I was asking, you know, in our writer's chat today, I was like, does anyone remember if there was any chat about moving up for Julio? And there was none, there was none. And, um, so, I, I want to leave open the possibility the Falcons are going to shock us because no one saw Chris Lindstrom call, coming last year. And I, I still think that move could really work out. You know, a, a solid. Oh, move yeah. Forward. No,
2: 100%. You yeah. McGarry both, actually. I mean, I've got yeah. high hopes for both of them. Um, I'd really like to fix that other guard spot. But yeah, <laughs> those two I, I was not happy about last year on draft day, and now. I like the investment in the line, but we're not done.
1: Yeah. So, Randy, let me ask you: Do you think, uh, with all of this talk, it's it's clearly we're in the seven day period of of that draft window? Do you think a lot of this is smoke screen? Do you think there's any truth to moving up to for CJ Henderson? Uh, do you think it's just conjecture? Like, what is your personal feelings as a fan? Do you feel like this is going to happen, or? is it just a shot in the dark at this point? Uh,
0: I think, I think the, the, um, the idea of going up and getting, um, uh, Henderson is, is, is definitely a possibility. Um, but I also think that, you know, like obviously Dimitrov is talking to a lot of people about a lot of things. (laughs) You know, sometimes you just have to say the words out loud. You know, you have to have a conversation with somebody to go like, okay, you know, how, how would this fit for us? You know, how would this work for us? Um, I don't even know if we'll have to go up to get Henderson. They they might like do it just to make just to make sure if they've heard some rumblings from other teams like throwing smoke or something, saying yeah, you know that they're looking for um, a corner. But um,
2: it is going to be interesting, I think, with the the way that they've had to switch up the draft and the fact that everybody's doing it from their own homes and that sort of thing if there's more conversation between teams, you know, about moving picks or That's because is like home and, you know, solely focused on this one thing, or if there's less because trying to manage this process in such a different way is so like overwhelming for them. Right. I don't know. These are the things that I think about while I'm stuck in my house. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> How is it going to be like all of my fantasy football drafts where everything goes off the rails early and stays off the rails? Probably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say if I remember right and correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory is shot. I've had a lot of vodka. Um, When we traded up for Julio, they had the deal in place with Cleveland ahead of time and it was contingent on the player they were looking for being available by the time that spot came open. Is that, am I remembering that right? Or is that the
2: way that I remember it is that they had the conversation and everything that you're saying is accurate, except that it was their backup plan and they were trying to trade with Cincinnati to draft AJ Green. (laughs) And so AJ Green, I think was plan a and Julio was plan B.
1: So to to Randy's point, the Falcons yeah. and Dimitrov are probably talking to a lot of people about a lot of different situations.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. And CJ Henderson may may be legit, but it may be one of a dozen conversations that they've had. Um, they may have talked about, can we move up for Henderson with one team? They may have talked about, can we move up for Isaiah Simmons with another? They may have talked to Dan Snyder and said, is this guy dumb enough to treat out the number two and let us get Chase Young?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I don't think that they – I don't think that they can know what they're going to do unless they're able to piece together a pretty comprehensive idea of what other teams are going to do. And teams yeah. are only willing to share so much info about that. So, you know, it's a it's a whole process. But, yeah, I guarantee that they've got plan A, plan B, plan C, down to plan Z, <laughs> uh, which is, I don't know, a zombie draft. Who knows? I mean, like, <laughs> Like that's a possibility these days.
1: Yes, it is. So before we continue this conversation, uh, we do have bills to pay. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by my co-host Gina Thomas and our favorite guest of all time, Randy Havens of Stranger Things. And we are talking about the Falcons' life, the quarantine, drinking habits, and uh, I want to ask you, Randy, because I think this is this rumor has got me a little stirred up, and I'm I'm thinking it's smokescreen. I'm hoping it's smokescreen. But the Falcons are now being linked to a quarterback in the second round, um, specifically Jalen Hurts, um, who I believe – where did he play this past year? Um,
2: Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Alabama. Oh, wait, no, uh, Oklahoma.
1: Oklahoma, that's right. Um, I
2: will never stop thinking of him as an Alabama quarterback. Alabama,
1: right, exactly. Yeah, went from Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma.
2: Just like I will never stop saying San Diego Chargers. I don't care. I don't care. Geography is meaningless. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Hurts, previously Alabama, now Oklahoma.
1: Thank you. Um, <laughs> They're being loosely linked to him. Um, there was some talk that the Falcons – and I, I i never bought this, that the Falcons were looking to draft a quarterback in the first round, which felt like just complete BS. But a second-round pick, again, uh, if the Falcons were to use their second-round pick on a quarterback, quarterback. How are you feeling about that, Mr. Havens?
0: Absolutely not. No, 100%. No, 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 no. (laughs) I will immediately unstand the Falcons if that happens. Um, There are too many holes on defense to start thinking about, well, who do we want as the quarterback in the future? And it's like what, what? What are you talking about? Like that? We we can't we there's we cannot do that. We cannot sacrifice today to worry about tomorrow. Like you yeah. just can't do it. We 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 have today. We have a limited amount of time with the guys that we have. We need to shore up the defense and give um, our, our offense a shot at uh, winning us some games.
1: Yes, thank you, Gina. Your your thoughts on this rumor that's popping up recently?
2: I mean. A second round quarterback in this economy—that's <laughs> insane. I agree with Randy. I don't really have anything to add to that except for it's the dumbest fucking idea that I've ever heard. And if they do it, I am going to be the maddest online that you have ever seen me. And you know, David, that is saying something.
0: That's yeah. That's yeah. No, you get mad online for sure.
2: I, do. Yeah. <laughs> I stay mad. On... I'm basically the Hulk of being mad online these days. Um, that's
1: that is not. That is inaccurate. not dishonest.
2: Yeah. Um, so anyway, no, I will be completely livid. I could not agree with Randy Moore. Everything that he said is completely accurate. Give Matt Ryan the luxury of an offensive line that doesn't let him get murdered every two seconds and let him cook. You have Kurt Benkert, who is actually a promising backup. Yes. Paying Matt Schaub way too much money to hold a clipboard, and he's mm-hmm. still been serviceable. Backup quarterback is not a need. And we yeah. all know the team can't afford to move on from Matt Ryan. So drafting a quarterback in the first or second round is a fool's errand. It's completely unnecessary. And I'm really annoyed that anybody made me even think about this during a pandemic. <laughs> I have enough going on. Okay, you guys, I have enough going on.
1: <laughs> to, to your point, um, you know, just a couple couple weeks ago, the Falcons restructured Matt Ryan's contract. Mm-hmm. Um, we covered it at the Falcoholic they basically converted you know, his salary to a bonus, which allows them to spread the cap hit amongst the last you know, three or four years of his contract. But that also means that they increased his cap hit for 2021, 2022, 2023. They are not cutting him next year. They cannot afford to cut him.
2: And they shouldn't because, no. that, because Matt Ryan is an actual reliable franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. That is so – rare it makes me crazy that people don't see that we've got a good quarterback and you should value that they don't grow on trees they are not easy to find and all you need to do is look around at the rest of the league and see the teams that don't have stability at that position and the way that they are floundering it if you want to have postseason success and if you want to have a consistently successful team, you need stability of that position. We have it. There's no reason to fuck it up. Here yeah. it End of discussion.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, uh, Baker. You know, depending on how this uh, coronavirus things go, thing goes, um, we're going to need an esports guy, and and you know, <laughs> he's, he's 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 the guy out there. He's he's, he's slaying on COD. So he,
2: yeah, the uh, the I think that our next guest on this kind of podcast, I'd like to have Benkerd on, come and talk about what he's doing in quarantine. His wife is expecting a baby; they're expecting their first baby oh, wow. during quarantine. So that's a, a whole lot, a whole other wrinkle. So yeah, and I want how to far
0: about, along is she? Wait a minute, um, is she is is this a quarantine baby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a quarantine baby.
2: They announced okay. they announced the pregnancy like right before all of this started. Okay, so, so no,
0: no, no quarantine baby.
2: No so but i'm I'm thrilled for them, and they're just going to be the most adorable, sweetest parents um, but yeah, that expecting a baby right now that's a lot.
1: I like Benkert, um,
2: Benkert yeah i I don't want to hear any more noise about drafting a quarterback. let's just see what Benkert can do, and we have Etling Danny Etling still too, I think. <laughs> He's still under we do.
1: He's, he is still technically on the roster.
2: Matt Ryan has barely missed any time. And when he has old ass Matt shop was able to go in there this year and be completely serviceable. Yeah. Let's actually fill positions of need. Okay. This is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It, the whole rumor felt off to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say, I won't put it past because this is what teams do. They try to get other teams panicky about a player that they think is going to be available yeah. And to force them to make moves so that a player may potentially drop to them. So never put it past a team to throw out wild rumors and, and speculation just so that they can try to work a couple of teams, you know up to, to go for a quarterback when they may not have gone for one. Like you know, I was mentioning um, in our writers' chat that I could see the Panthers easily going with someone like Isaiah Simmons in the first round at number seven. But then looking at Jalen Hurts as a a potential option in the second round. Well, if the Falcons can get them nervous about the idea that they may trade in front of them to grab a backup quarterback, maybe they make Carolina make a move to to move up and and get somebody – uh, or maybe they make another team jump ahead of Carolina and the Falcons to try to grab a quarterback. So,
2: And I do just want to flow a conspiracy theory because, I mean, I've got plenty of time on my hands right now to come up with this stuff, but the fact that <laughs> the quarterback trading up in the first round rumors were so specific and persistent really do make me wonder if they're trying to trade up into the top five for Chase Young. Because if the Falcons make everybody think that they're looking at a Taking a quarterback high, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, they're going to trade up for Tua, or they're going to trade up for right. like if he for some if the Bengals were dumb enough to not take him first overall, you know if if the Falcons are trying to make a big move, and other teams think that that might be for a quarterback instead of Chase Young, they're going to be more willing to work with them. And that's purely a conspiracy yeah. theory. I do not have any evidence to support this, but let's be honest, isn't it fun to think about? <laughs> Nothing
1: else going on. Honestly, to me and Randy, I'll ask you on this. uh, This to me is what makes the draft so much fun: is the sort of the intrigue around what each team will do. uh, You know what? Because you know, you look at the teams in the top five, and they're in the top five for a reason. They've got arguably a number of holes. You don't usually see a team like the Patriots drafting in the top five you see a team that has a ton of holes on the roster and you see all these talented players and you're thinking, who are they going to grab? Who's going to trade up? Do you enjoy the draft for those reasons as a fan? Do you, and, you know, partly as a Falcons fan, knowing Dimitrov may actually blow the socks off of us and, and, and make a big move?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the draft is, is really fun. And, um, I wish there was a, a better movie made about the draft than that <laughs> Kevin Costner movie that had like the lowest football IQ I've ever seen. I was like, Do you, does, I is, there's no one involved in the production of this film ever s- watched football. As a it fan? was
1: so bad.
2: <laughs> I couldn't finish it.
0: This is the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I love the intrigue. Uh, uh, you know, I also like love going back and looking at past drafts and going, "Oh my God, like you look at like first round players and you're like, "Never did a thing, yeah, so many players that go in the first round never did a thing um mm-hmm. and and then you have obviously like players like uh tom brady um uh who I think to this day still cries about the fact that he you know went so late <laughs> in the draft um who went on to you know become like one of the best to ever do it um uh, like the 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 draft is is bananas. Um, uh, but yeah, you love seeing those the generational players, um, going like hell early and having it you know like, unfortunately, it's it's always shitty teams. Yeah, it's always shitty teams that get the great players, and it's like, oh man, wow! If you could just go to a good team, like you know how happy Tony Gonzalez must have been when he came to fucking Atlanta. Right, hey, finally, I'm on a good team. <laughs> Oh, man. Sorry, I mean, he, Tony. I, he went, I, what? I wish we would have won a Super Bowl for you, bud. I know. But he went 10
1: years and never saw a playoff game. Yeah. 10 years, never saw a playoff game. of
0: A player of his fucking talent, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Um, it's such a great point. I mean, I think that's uh, – and you brought it up. There's so many players that go in the first round. And in the top five, I mean, you could, you could go back and look at top five, top ten players that have – come out and have just been like complete busts so you know Gina I think about the Falcons and you know several years ago um they got uh a player right in front of them went that I think a lot of us wanted Khalil Mack but mm-hmm. right after him we got Jake Matthews mm-hmm. and he was the second offensive tackle to come off the board behind Greg, Greg Robinson.
2: Robinson yeah exactly yeah
1: And Robinson was considered to be a can't miss prospect, generational talent at tackle. And I'm not even sure he's playing tackle anymore. I think he's actually moved into guard because he was a bust.
2: This is really funny because my first like professional interview was Mike Ken, former Falcons tackle. (laughs) He was eligible for you know a hall. He was he was up for a Hall of Fame bed, which he deserves. He should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. that the offensive line is not a sexy position. And so they mm-hmm. get short shrift. And so anyway, I met him at an Outback steakhouse and I paid for his lunch because mm-hmm. I was so grateful that he had let me interview him. And like I said, it was my first one. And I asked him cause it was the same year that the Falcons had drafted Jake. And Mike Ken said, Jake Matthews has flawless technique. He is going to be a reliable left tackle for his entire career. And I hope the Falcons keep him forever. And I asked Matt Robinson, he said, he's not a tackle. I said, but he he is like the top ranked tackle. He's like, he's not a tackle. He's an interior lineman. He's not a tackle.
1: Wow. And, yeah,
2: I mean, even even Mike, Mike Ken, who I would very much trust his judgment over my own. But yeah, he even said that back then. Uh, so it is a crapshoot though. It's very interesting to see how it all shakes out.
1: Yeah. The Falcoholic himself has a storied history of his draft takes. We talked about that recently with him and one of his biggest uh, blunders, I guess you would call it uh, when he was pounding the table for the Falcons to draft Glenn Dorsey over Matt Ryan. I was too. Yeah.
2: I was too. I think that a lot of us were. I mean, I really. I was like, "What the fuck?" Boston College doesn't even play anybody. Like, I was <laughs> I was all mad. And Matt Ryan is great. I was definitely wrong about that. It was not only Dave. Uh, I will say that leaving the Falcons drafted Jadavion Clowney post-scheduled when we asked him multiple times if it should be scheduled for draft day. That one, that one I will give Dave more shit for, but not the Glenn Dorsey take. I think that that was a pretty common wrong take then. <laughs> the clowny thing is just alcoholic folklore. It's
1: <laughs> That will forever live in infamy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Randy, I want to get back to you because you, you've mentioned this a few times and I think it's a really salient point and that is, this Falcons offense right now, we've got two players that Julio is probably got two or three years left. Um, Ryan, you know, he's thirty. I think he'll turn thirty-five this year. If he goes the Brady route, he maybe has five years. He has three years, you know, arguably in his prime. Um, so we've got you know two of the best players ever in Falcons history on offense. I think. You know, bar none, Matt Ryan is, in my opinion, is the best quarterback that's ever played for this team. I know some people will disagree. You know, maybe put Vic or Barkowski up there, but he owns all the records. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Julio Jones is the best receiver to play on this team. Julio Jones may be the best receiver to ever play on any team. Sure, you can make a case for that. It, so you brought that up a few times. Ta- a few times that the Falcons need to focus on winning now. It, in your mind, is it because those two guys are sort of their in the last few years of their career. So you you mentioned bolstering the defense now, giving that offense a chance to win. Do you feel like it's for Matt Ryan, it's for for Julio Jones, these two franchise players that probably only have a few years left in their prime?
0: Absolutely. We, we owe it to both of those players to try to win games. Now that should be our focus. Um, You know, like look forward to some building years after those players are off the team. But like, um, we, we have to, like, we, we, we owe it to them. We, you know, we, we've obviously given them so much money. So, um, uh, uh, you know, they're going to be with us till the end, but, um, we have to try to win games today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, because yeah, they, 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 they don't have a lot of time left and we have a lot of young players on the team. And, um, I think there was a Falcoholic uh, poster tweet um uh earlier this week about like the the players from the twenty sixteen offense that are still on the team today and it was like oh my god wow <laughs> it's like or I think it was just like all the players from the twenty sixteen team and it was like wow we we have so many like young players now uh, I mean that was a young team as well mm-hmm. um but uh yeah no we 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 owe it to them to to try to shore up any of the holes that we have in order to make a, a postseason run possible now, yeah. um, this year, next year, the year after that, like um, this is, this is the time. Um, and to, and to start looking, you know, three or four years in the future now is it's going to shoot us in the foot.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Gina, your your thoughts.
2: I really could not agree more on that. Um, I think that we are, when you look at where Matt Ryan is in his career, when you look at where Julio is in his career, and not just that, but the fact that I think that Julio is too smart to keep playing once his body starts failing him. I don't think that he'll do it. I think that Julio loves the game, and I think that he loves this team, and I think he gives it all every single day. I also think that he's too smart to let his body be irreparably broken by this game. And I don't blame him. He's a guy who's already setting up revenue streams outside of football, you know, investing in local businesses and things like that so that he can, so that he can survive and enjoy his life after football without having to play longer than he needs to. Um, And so I think that the team just needs to be realistic about the fact that it would be a crime to have these two players on this roster for this amount of time and win zero championships. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that that, more than anything, is the reason that this team should be in win-now mode. And Randy said something that really resonated with me, and I want to just – I just want to reiterate that we owe it to Julio and Matt. Yeah. We owe it to Julio and Matt to put the talent around them so that they can win a Super Bowl. You know, it's they deserve it. They deserve it as much as the fans do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, not to bring up a painful memory, but I, I go back to that, uh, the Super Bowl, and I think about that pass from Ryan to Julio that I think many of us thought cemented the game. I mean, for one, to see Ryan move out of the pocket, scramble uh, in a way that, you know, he's grown better and better at every single year and to make a pinpoint throw, and then to see Julio literally elevate and grab that ball at this highest point. that No, no other receiver in the league could have made that catch. Um, and just to see them play with that level of intensity, and then to see a, 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 an admittedly young defense that maybe shouldn't even have been in that game because uh, some of the rookies were starting, just sort of let that game fall away, um, was heartbreaking. And, and I, I think about that for, for Matt. I think about that for Julio. And especially when you think about what they've both done for the city, Julio has been the most non-dramatic wide receiver ever to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we need more, more no more proof than to look at the the crap that has been coming out of uh, um, Antonio Brown in this offseason when he's not even in the league anymore. Um <laughs> When you look at Matt Ryan, you could not find a quarterback with more stability and uh, professionalism than him in the league. Uh, And for someone who has gotten as much criticism as he has from day one, like the day he entered the league, he was being criticized by Atlanta fans because he was not Michael Vick, who was obviously a a player that many fans were incredibly emotionally attached to. Um, and yet these guys have both turned in arguably, I would say Hall of Fame careers for both of them. I, I think you can make a strong case that Ryan will be in a Hall of Fame. I think you make a very strong case that Julio will be in a Hall of Fame. Two Hall of Fame players on this team. I agree with you both. We, we owe it to them from a, a GM standpoint to shore up this defense as much as possible, patch these holes, try to find guys that can hit now, and, and to use this two- or three-year window to get back to the playoffs and let these guys work their magic. Um, because right now uh, it, it just feels like once that window closes, we're back into that mode of rebuilding. And um, I don't know about you guys. I remember Chris Redmond, Joey Harrington.
2: Um, Byron Leftwich. <laughs>
1: Byron Leftwich. Oh, my
0: God. By- Chris Redmond at least, you know, c- could play. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Byron Leftwich. Oh, boy.
2: Yeah, uh, well... He's, he's he,
0: coaching... Who's he coaching for? The, the- Arizona.
2: I think he's Arizona. in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, to be fair, and I, I feel like... I don't know why I feel like I need to defend Byron Leftwich <laughs> all the time, but, like, the Falcons signed him and midweek. So, like, on a Wednesday, the first day of practice that week, and then on Sunday during the game, Petrino got pissed off because because he had bad quarterbacks, and he put Byron Leftwich in the game. And I was like, he's been here for literally four days. There is no chance that he knows this offense. Also, everything is terrible. I mean, 2007, that was basically the the battle cry. Everything is terrible. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, a Byron Leftwich, I think, would have been better if he hadn't been thrown into playing four or five days after he got
0: here. uh, yeah just, and also if he could throw a ball uh quicker than 7 seconds after <laughs> like
2: that's also a big That one.
1: wind up oh my word that his arm just went in uh-huh. a full circle um, yeah. he is actually offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I just oh, he's, I, there we go there He's yeah.
2: in Tampa Yeah well,
1: so take that like that's full circle I guess
2: with um with Arians and that's how he landed there that was yeah. the last place that I remembered him being
1: Yeah he did he did go through Arizona
2: he coaches Tom Brady now, I guess. Interesting.
0: <laughs> by- Byron's going to have a lot to teach Tom Brady. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> Tom Brady's some quarterback.
0: <laughs>
1: he's younger than Tom Brady, by the way.
2: Are you serious?
1: Byron which is 40 years old.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That's crazy.
1: Well. So he is he's younger than the coach that uh the player that he is coaching in Tampa Bay.
0: Uh, but can year. we we have to use air quotes for coaching though. <laughs> yes,
2: we should. I think that that's accurate. In the interest of journalistic integrity, yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. Byron um, Leftwich will be asking Tom Brady <laughs> what he's <laughs> okay with. <laughs>
1: There is zero doubt about it. Tom Brady's going to be the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers yeah, in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there's – no, people, people are talking about Bruce Arians running his offense with Tom Brady. No, Tom Brady's going to run his offense with, with Bruce Arians. That's what's going to happen there. Um, all right, last question. We're going to wrap up this podcast, get you guys back to your uh, evenings in quarantine. Um, simple question. Draft starts on Thursday night, this the uh, April 23rd. Gina, I'll start with you, and we'll go to our guest uh, for his prediction. What do you think the Falcons do? Who do they draft?
2: I think that they stand pat and they draft C.J. Henderson. Uh, I think that if they have to move up, they will move up just a few spots to get C.J. Henderson. All right.
1: Randy, same question to you
0: two players that I think uh, uh, will happen inside. And, so, and it's the, it's the very obvious ones. It's um, uh, Javon Kinlaw um, mm-hmm. or Caleb on ah chase like those are, those are the guys I see going. Uh, I don't see us trading up. I see us getting one of those two guys and then um, building the rest of the defensive pieces, uh, you know, in, in the later rounds. Um. Just because, and I those wanted, are players that I'm excited about. Like, I, I, I think they'll be fantastic. Look, I, I think you got Dante Fowler, Chase on, and um, Grady like on the on the D line. Like, look out, sign me up because one of those guys is getting to the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I will say I watched um, the NFL had a live mock draft yesterday with uh, a lot of their writers, and Steve Weich was drafting for the Falcons. And in that mock draft, you know, all the teams stayed at place, the Falcons at 16. With the way their draft played out, Javon Kinlaw fell to them, and they drafted him at number 16. I think a lot of people – what I always find interesting when it comes to draft talk is you begin to hear people talk about prospects and they're like, oh, he won't last to that point. He won't last to that point. And by the time you get done with that conversation, the Falcons are drafting at 16, and they've identified 28 players that will not last to 16 doesn't work that way. Someone is going to be available to the Falcons at 16. um, And I think it will be a good player. That said, I want to go off the reservation a little bit with my prediction. I think the Falcons do trade into the top six or seven. And I think they go after Isaiah Simmons. He's the one name that we're not seeing consistently linked with the team, but he is the (laughs) one player that I think has the freaky athleticism that Dan Quinn like he goes to bed at night hugging his teddy bear and saying positive things to it. And he is dreaming about Isaiah Simmons. Like that's the player. I think he's like,
0: where, where do you think Quinn puts him?
1: Everywhere. I could see him putting him like, the, you know, people don't realize Simmons played four different positions at Clemson at various points in time. He played at safety. He played at corner. He played at linebacker. Like, this guy, he has got – I mean, 4'3 speed in that body size. In theory, you could put him on the outside and he could potentially cover guys in the NFL. So, i if they can land him is the the question. But I, I feel like he's a Dan Quinn guy. And, um, yeah, it's a wild prediction. It probably won't happen. But that's where I'm going to put my money for this draft. Fine.
2: David, we all need a little bit of excitement. So, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> not, mean, he's
2: not opposed to it.
0: He he covers a lot of the positions we need. So if yeah. we can if we can trade up, give up a couple of draft picks for a guy that can play all those positions, if he can play them all at once, that's the <laughs> question. There you go. Can he clone himself and be in multiple spots on the field?
1: If if he can intercept Drew Brees in his first game against him it won't matter what position he plays.
2: You're not wrong.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) All right. On that note, Randy, why don't you tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, what you've got going
0: on. Uh, Well, I don't have anything going on. (laughs) Uh, I'm in the same boat as all of America. Um, You can find me on Twitter. Or on Instagram.
1: you are very active on Twitter.
0: Very active on, on the tweets. Uh, um, my unique brand of, of, uh, humor and jocularity can be found at, uh, Mr. Randy Havens, Mr. Randy Havens at twitter.com. Same on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Stop by. <laughs> uh, t- t- listen to some of these jokes, read some of my hilarity. <laughs>
2: For your own sake, people, everybody needs some levity. Right?
0: Everybody needs a little levity in their life. And let me tell you, I'm just the guy to give it to you. You're bringing
2: if, the levity, Randy, and I respect the shit out of it.
0: If you like dumb stuff, you'll <laughs> love my tweets.
1: <laughs> well, I will say, we at The Falcoholic love dumb stuff.
2: And we love your tweets. We do. Yeah. So. see?
1: checks out (laughs) (laughs) Gina same question what you got going on where they can find you
2: um you know because the NFL is forging ahead with the draft I'm still pretty busy with my full-time job Uh, I've got some draft prospect interviews coming up that I'll be writing up for the Falcoholic. um other than that I am canceling my in real life wedding and moving it online so (laughs) you'll see pictures of that i am sure and also i'm mostly yelling about stuff on twitter at gina thomas um (laughs) i'm also learning how to use tiktok so that i can make my dog a tiktok star and because i have so much free time i'm trying to learn these like the tiktok dances but i am really embarrassingly like i can't i can't do it i really can't so anyway I might get drunk enough at some point to post one of these because we are all on quarantine. If oh I,
1: my god! Yeah, that's what's your what's your TikTok?
2: It's I think that it's Gina R. Kelly. Be, well, well, which sounds actually really bad. I'm Christ. I think that because my fiance's last name is Kelly. And so, like, in a week and a half, that's going to be my last name. It's Kelly with an EY at the end, by the way. And R is for Renee, which is my middle name. So it's here. Really-
0: sure. Uh huh. Wow. Problematic much?
2: <laughs> I don't know how problematic it was till I just said it out loud. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to see TikToks of my dog ordering food at Popeyes mm. or doing other or me eventually doing the savage dance, which I am very bad at. You can follow me there too.
0: Here we are. (sighs) I think I found it. It's just TikToks of your dog.
2: Mostly. Yeah.
0: Your (laughs) dog is Baxter (laughs) Baxter Thomas. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's at Gina Kelly.
2: It There's opened, no R. Kelly
0: in there. I, I didn't
2: there. That's, my, that's my email address that I'm using for my wedding, which is why I thought that I used that name. But oh,
0: now,
1: Gina. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah,
0: well, oh, maybe you have to edit that out. can't wait for the Netflix documentary about your email address. Well, this just uh, so, yeah, devolved.
2: I'm sorry, and I'm not R. Kelly, just for the record. I'm not. <laughs>
0: clearly not it did devolve we're almost all done with our drinks so
2: cheers my friend yeah.
0: cheers cheers
2: that seems like a good place to wrap it up
0: <laughs> yeah
1: as, as i was trying um as for me guys my life is very boring you can follow me on twitter at falcoholic and of course uh this podcast at falcoholic pod and our articles at thefalcoholic.com <sighs> So for Gina Madeline Thomas, I'm a very special guest, Randy Havens. This is David Walker. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.
2: So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything.